0: This is part one of my teaching entitled The Power of Jesus in You After You Believe. My text is taken from Mark 16 verse 14 to 20 and I read Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything, deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So the Bible let us know when Mary told the disciples that she, this was in the earlier scriptures, that she had seen Jesus and that he had risen from the dead, the disciples did not believe Mary. The disciples also learned that Jesus had appeared to others in other regions but the disciples still did not believe. One of Jesus' disciples, called Thomas, said, "'Except I see the nail print in his hands and sides, "'I will not believe.'" Jesus himself upbraided the disciples with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. What am I trying to show you? I'm trying to show you great things happens when you believe in Jesus. The terms Bible translators use to describe the things that happens after we believe, you believe, are signs, wonders and miracles. But Jesus did not call what he did signs, wonders and miracles. Jesus calls them the works. Is there anything wrong with the terms Bible translators uses to describe the works of Jesus? No. My teaching under the precious guidance of the Holy Spirit is to bring awareness to children of God. So children of God can know and recognize the power of the Spirit of God and what they carry and what is resident in them. What is tabernacled in them? Firstly, Jesus was created God first before he became man. Jesus was 100% God, but 100% man as well. When God say says in Genesis, let us make man in our image and likeness, God was referring to Jesus as man first. Why? Because Jesus, the son of man, was the only man on the face of the earth that pleases God. So when Jesus healed, healed the sick, heals the sick, raises the dead, delivers people from various sicknesses and diseases, Set suffering captives free. These were the innate qualities and abilities that Jesus possessed, that Jesus had, that the Spirit of God had endowed in him. They were not strange to Jesus. It was not strange to Jesus to heal or to deliver or to raise from the dead. And that is why when he raised Lazarus, he prayed a thank you prayer first. And the reason why Jesus wept, he didn't wept because, he he wept because of the unbelief that he saw in the people. So they were not strange to Jesus. They were just natural. They came natural to him. They were natural innate qualities given to Jesus, given to, uh, that Jesus possessed. And these natural innate qualities are also given to children of God who believe in Jesus. Watch this, John chapter 14, and I'm going to read from verse 5 to 10. And I read, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If he had known me, he should have known my Father also, and from henceforth he know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father, Philip, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Can you see what I'm saying, children of God? Jesus points out to Philip, Philip, it is not me. It is the Father that resided in me, resides in me, that is doing the work. He said, Philip, when you see me, you see the Father. The words that I speak, the works that I do, they are done by the Father. Believest thou not that I am? I'm the Father, and the Father in me, Philip. The words that I speak unto you, I do not speak it of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. So Jesus was highly offended when somebody challenged how he had obtained his power. In Matthew 12:32 to 20, in Matthew chapter 12, 22 to 27. Then was brought unto him. One possessed with the devil. Blind and dumb. And he healed him. In so much. That the blind and dumb. Both spake and saw. So children of God. I just want to stop here. To show you. The attributes of the devil. The attributes of the devil. Are blind and dumb. The Bible let us know, Apostle Matthew, verse 22, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him. He here is Jesus. And he healed him in so much that the blind and dumb both speak, spake, and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub and the prince of devil. So they knew that the prince of Beelzebub and devils, they too have the ability to cast out devil. And Jesus knew their thoughts. Wonderful Jesus knew their thoughts. He could read them up. The Bible said, Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself, and shall then his kingdom stand. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, there shall be judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is common to you. So what am I trying to say to you, children of God? I'm trying to tell you how this guy was attacking the monarchy that resides in Jesus, that Jesus was telling Philip about. Jesus said, when you see me, Philip, you see the Father jesus said to philip philip the words that i speak and the works that i do they are done by the father believest thou not that i am the father and the father in me the words that i speak unto you i speak not of myself but the father that dwelleth in me he doeth the works i'm trying to tell you children of god when the kingdom of god is come unto you and i The power to cast out devils are endowed in you and I. And it's nothing spooky, it's nothing magical, it's natural, it's an an endowed power of God. Amen. That is is naturally endowed in us when we believe in God. Translators call the works. That Jesus did they call them signs and wonders and miracles but Jesus calls them the kingdom of God or the works of my father amen but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God then the kingdom of God that's what Jesus calls it the kingdom of God is come unto you in other words the works and the things Jesus did are natural things that happens when we're in the kingdom when we're in the kingdom these natural power amen comes on the inside of us when we believe in Jesus that is why Jesus tells his disciples go preach the kingdom things that happens when we are in the kingdom John chapter 9 verse 4 and Jesus and as Jesus passed by He saw, this is an example of what happened when we're in the kingdom. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. This is John chapter 4. I'm reading verse 2 now. And his disciples asked him, Say, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day, the night cometh, when no man can work. So the work that Jesus did are attributable, are called kingdom living, amen? This is a kingdom lifestyle. This was the lifestyle of Jesus. They are called the God kind of life. They are called mountaintop living. They are called healings. They are called restorations. The work that Jesus did, they are called recoveries. They are called breakthrough. They are called deliverance. They are called the works of God given to children of God. They are natural to children of God. They are called the power to perform. Amen. And the power to perform must not be misconstrued or labeled magic because I heard a lot of pastors are saying magic. Oh, this is magical. There is nothing magical about the work that Jesus did. It's natural. Amen. It's a natural power that was that is endowed by the Spirit of God. A um, 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 magical are of the devil amen and it must not be misconstrued amen it must not be misconstrued or associated with magic and this is the reason why Jesus reacted like that when he said this is um, challenge, when he challenged him saying that he must have cast him out by the spirit of Beelzebub Jesus don't use Beelzebub Jesus is bigger and greater and more powerful than Beelzebub. Beelzebub have to bow at the name of Jesus. So the power to perform, the power that Jesus, that was endowed in the Spirit of God, in Jesus, what he told Thomas, that when you see me, you see Jesus. When I speak, when you see me, you see God. When I speak, it's not me that speak it, Jesus said to, to Thomas. Jesus said to Philip, it is the spirit of God. Amen. So Jesus was highly offended when this claim was made against him. The people looking on are the ones that describes the acts of Jesus. Um, when he cured their sickness, their diseases, their oppressions, depressions, cruelty, torments, nuisances, plagues, um, lame, barrenness they are the ones that said oh my god this is miraculous amen we call him miracle worker we call him promise keeper but and there's nothing wrong in saying the calling him these names but jesus never called himself a miracle worker the bible lets us to know he went about doing good healing those who were oppressed of the devil for god was with him he called it good But nothing is wrong with the list above but I just want you to know the words that Jesus did was natural to him that is what the kingdom of God does they are innate qualities and abilities that are given to children of God when they are in the kingdom of God John chapter 9 and I'm going to read from verse 1 to 4 and and as Jesus passed by He saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? I'm reading it again. That he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work, I just repeat uh, repeated that again that Jesus calls it the works, I must work the works of him that sent me. in the case of the woman, the woman at the well, Jesus said, "I must have need to go over to Samaria in the case of the woman. Who was caught up in the act of adultery? Jesus said to her, Woman, where art thou thy accusers? And Jesus addressed the sin. Go, woman, go thy way and sin no more. Jesus said to the disciples, Who do men say that I am? Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say some disciples repeated, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophet. Do you notice nobody called him signs? None of the people who were describing who Jesus was. Nobody called him signs and wonders and miracle. No, they say some say he was Elijah. Some say he was John the Baptist. Some say he was Jeremiah. Some say he was one of the prophet. But I like the way Apostle Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 to 5. Listen to Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 2, and I'm going to read from 1 to 5. He said to the Corinthians church, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus and Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God I just like the way Apostle Paul puts it he said in verse 4 my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power I like that amen that is the kingdom of God Resident on the inside of us. The kingdom of God is the spirit of God and his power. Amen. And that is what this teaching is all about. That the spirit of God is resident on the inside of us and is the natural and the innate qualities and power that God has given to us, children of God, who believe in Jesus. So I'm gonna stop, stop there for today and next week I come with the rest of the teaching. And I pray, and Holy Father, Righteous Father, thank you for this wonderful privilege that you have given to us in Christ Jesus and for the opportunity you have granted us to minister the precious word of God. Minister is the man or the woman of God and ministry is the opportunity that you have given to the man or the woman of God to share God's word with his children. We thank you Papa God for this wonderful word that you have given me to share with your children. Find a way to release yourself, your entirety, and your totality of the kingdom of God that is resident on the inside of me. So children of God can feel you. So children of God can hear you. So children of God can touch you, Papa God. Let me decrease and you increase. Let children of God know that the innate power and abilities that were resident in Jesus to heal. To save, to deliver, to prosper, to break through, to take authority, to preach, to teach, to intercede, to proclaim, to praise and worship are in the inside, resident on the inside of us. While the same, while Jesus was ministering on the earth the same power that you gave to Jesus is the same power that you have given to us let children of God know Jesus gave them to us as inheritance and we must use them apostle Paul said and my speech and my teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and power that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God let this teaching heal somebody let this teaching save somebody let this teaching remove unbelief let this teachings deliver somebody and free somebody in the mighty name of Jesus We ask you, Papa God, to have your own way. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Sandra, checking out until next time. Thank you. God bless you. Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is entitled, The Oil Is Coming To Get You. My read is taken from 1st Samuel 16 and I'm going to read from verse 1 to 13 and I am reading from the New International version and I read The Lord said to Samuel How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel Fill your horn with oil And be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said when he arrived at Bethlehem. The elders of the town trembled. When they met him, they asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely, The Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinabab and had him pass in front of Samuel. Sorry. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to, to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, "Arise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil. And anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah, tell your neighbor the oil is coming to get you he said and and, and, and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went back to Ramah. In in other words, he did what the Lord instructed him to do. And he went back, just like what the Lord said, I must teach. So this teaching is going out to the designated one, the indicated one. And then the Lord will do the rest. By the way, what is the oil, Pastor Sandra? He said, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So the oil is is just a point of contact, is symbolic, and the oil is, is a substance that is smeared on you and I, and it marks you to perform a particular assignment. So the oil is a smear, so rubbed is daubed upon you, and um, it marks you to perform a particular assignment. The oil gives the cutting edge on everything that pertains to life and godliness that you do. The oil is the burden removing. you you've heard you you would have. If you're listening to my um, podcast, you would have heard me repeat um, on many occasions that the oil is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The oil makes your head and not the tail. The oil makes you above and not beneath, For forward ever and backward never. It's the oil that does it. It's the oil that makes you and I victorious over the enemy. So even before we fight, we're already victorious because of the oil. And the oil is, is basically what Jesus has done. He rose from the dead. He, 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 he holds the key, still holds the keys of hell, death and the grave. The oil makes you and I unshakable and untouchable and immovable and insatiable and invincible. The oil makes you and I a planet breaker and a history maker. So it appears Papa God had taken an impromptu to get rid of King Saul. And Samuel, the prophet, was not happy about it. And it saddened him to the extent where um, the unhappiness led Samuel into depression. And the Bible went on to say Papa God had returned to to Jerusalem. and, And upon his return... He saw that Samuel, the prophet, was still upset, which caused Papa God to question the prophet. And how long um, are you going to whine over the decision to replace King Saul? And um, Papa God let him know, I'm not going to change my mind. And Papa God repeated, I have rejected Saul as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil, he said. Be on your way, I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king, but Samuel said, "How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Tell your neighbor the oil is coming to get you. You are going to re- replace the king. You are going to sit in high places. you're going to sit in high position in your workplace. you going you're going to on, on, on um and, um on um, um, high platforms. God is going to make your name great. doesn't matter who hears about you. God is looking for your obedience and your cooperation to do his work. That's what he said I should tell you, children of God. He's only looking for your obedience and your cooperation to do his work. The oil is coming to get you. You might say, Pastor Sandra, where is the oil? That's what I'm, I'm releasing upon you. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. That's all the Holy Spirit wants to do, just to show you what to do. He said, you are to anoint for me the one I indicate, that is God speaking. So children of God, who is the message for? Papa God told the prophet Samuel, you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. And that's why he sent me. With this message to anoint for him, the one who he, he indicates. And, he, and the indicator knows himself or herself. Are you the indicated one? Are you the designated one that he wants to be anointed? By the way, Pastor Sandra, what does it mean to be anointed again? What does anointed mean? Anointed is when something has been smeared or daubed. And someone that has been called to do um, something unique, something exclusive or something exceptional or something special, for example, Moses was called to um, Moses was called or anointed to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, for example, Samson the Nazarite, he was given immense strength to aid him against his enemies and to allow him. To perform superhuman feats including slaying a lion with his bare hands and massacring massacring an entire army of Philistines using only the jawbone of a donkey. Anointed it, anointed is the substance Papa God smeared on you and I to give us the cutted edge on everything that we do that pertains to life and godliness. We are in a pandemic. But the word of God is not in a pandemic. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God knows no leaps and bounds. The Bible said the word goes forth to accomplish that which it is sent forth to accomplish and does not return to him void. The word of God travels to any situation, any circumstances, to any jungle, to any desert, the to sickness, to disease, even to hell and back. The word of God saves that which was lost. So he said to Samuel, fill your horn with oil, said the word to the prophet Samuel, and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Verse 2, but Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. God was not playing games with prophet Samuel. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So game was over for King Saul, King Saul. And God was not playing any further games with prophet Samuel. So the Bible says Samuel did what the Lord said. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town, this is the elders of the town, approached him. The elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. And I like this, children of God, because sometimes when God gives us an errand, I like this because sometimes when God asks children of God to do um to perform chores, um, we usually ask for company to come along with us. Or we usually discuss it. Oh, I want to share this with you. Um, uh, but look how God made provision for your for um the prophet's request. God provides A congregation for the prophet initially he was worried that what King Saul would say that King Saul if he heard was going to kill him but God provides the elders of the town to accompany the prophet and the Bible let us know the elders of the town trembled when they met him they asked do you come in peace and Samuel replied yes in peace because the word of the the Lord to him Brings peace. So he said, yes, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Wow. So children of God, this inspirational teaching is sent to to you, David. Are you David? Are you David? If you are, David, the oil is after you. You know because you can feel it. Just like how I can feel it. You know, David, God has a special job for you to do. God wants to take you to high places. God want, wants to take you to high platform. God wants to take you to high places in government. God wants to take you to the four corners of the earth. God wants you to, to take you to kings who are, who are refusing God. And oppressing God's people. God wants to take you there. So God, God. David. God has a special job for you to do. He starts it off in you. And he will do the rest. To complete it. In you David. He that begins a good work. In you will be faithful. To complete it. When God called David. David was at the backside of the desert. Caring for his father's jesse's sheep god is not looking for perfection david when he calls david he was at the back side of the desert are you at the back side of the desert david are you at david's stage on the journey with god children of god where in the relationship cycle are you where on the relationship cycle are you are you at the stage where you are sheep guarding this is why This is what this teaching is for. It was sent to ask you, which stage on the cycle are you? Why? Because wherever you are at, wherever you find yourself, God is going to locate you, help you, strengthen you. And he said, I must tell you, he hasn't forgotten or forsaken you. Are you at the stage where you are slaying lions and killing bears? Every day you get up is fight, 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 fight in the morning, fight in the evening, fight in noonday, fight in daytime, fight before you go to bed, fight in the nights, fight, fight, fight. Have you ever felt like that, children of God? Or are you at the stage where you're slain? You're just slain, slain Goliaths slain uncircumcised philistine you're fighting wars fighting battles killing and slain killing and slain fight 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 what position on the relationship journey are you are you in charge of responsibilities are you in charge of your country are you dealing with the jealousy of king saul The anointing, Holy Spirit said I should tell you, whichever stage, whatever stage you're at, the anointing will locate you. The anointing will fix you up. The anointing will fortify you. Wherever you find your relationship on the cycle, the anointing will get to you. So the Bible let us know, Samuel did what the Lord says when he arrived at Bethlehem. The elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked him again, do, do, do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, yes, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself and consecrate is basically to declare sacred. For example, a church is dedicated formally to a religious or divine purpose. So that's what a church is for. It is dedicated for Formally to a religious or divine purpose, so consecration is something like that, something or someone that is dedicated for a religious or a divine purpose. So when he said consecrate yourself, he means um to it is is a it's a consecration or it's a prayer, it's, it's a commitment, it's a surrender, it's a dedication for a religious or divine purpose he said come to, to to the sacrifice with me prophets a ritual prophet Samuel says to the elders then he consecrate Jesse and his sons and invite them to, this, to the sacrifice and when they arrived Samuel saw Eliab and thought surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord so let us hear what the Lord has to say about the first son of Jesse. And um, is he the one that God is looking for? And we will close off the teaching for today and deal with the rest next week. So verse seven, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So it appears that the first son of Jesse, he looks very well out on the outside, or else Samuel wouldn't have said it. He said, Do not consider this appearance. He said um he said Je- Samuel said when he saw Eliab, he said, Surely the Lord's anointing stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look consider this appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Wow. So I'm going to pray now. And come back to you next week. Father God thank you for this divine teaching. Let this teaching go forth to meet your sons and your daughters. Let children of God know that you have a special work or assignment for them to do. Let them know you are not going to give up until you locate them. Let them know you are not going to give up until you anoint them. Let them know something is waiting on their anointing. Someone is waiting on their anointing. Let them know someone is waiting on their healing, their breakthrough, their testimony. Let them know that someone's testimony will depend upon them. Their anointing is someone's breakthrough. Let them know you are not going to give up until you locate them. So as this teaching goes up, Papa God, let it be a point of contact to cause a change in somebody's heart, in somebody's mind, in somebody's soul. Assure them that you're not going to give up until you locate them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. God bless you, children of God, as you pass this podcast to your friends, to your families, to propagate the the gospel. God will bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Sandra checking out. Until next time.